0: Uh, again, I just want to welcome you. If you're watching out there, maybe this is your first time gathering with us, I just want to remind you that Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock, we have a Bible study that Joel and I have been doing uh, together. And we'd love to have you join in and invite a friend or two. Tell them that Wednesday at 7 o'clock at night we have a Bible study, okay? And I want you to take your Bibles right now and I want you to turn to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 4. So as I've been thinking about this moment, I was trying to figure out a way that I could share a few thoughts from my heart to Joel. And Joel is sitting up in the balcony right now with his mom and dad and his wife's mom and dad. I can't really see him, but I know he's up there in the balcony. And I wanted this to be a personal moment for me to share a thought with him. But I also wanted it to be something that would be applicable to to all of you that are out there watching. And so I spent a lot of time on this. And I don't know whether, you know, I'm going to accomplish the goal or not. Maybe maybe I won't. I I don't know. But I hope you're going to get something out of this. And I trust that Joel will get something out of this. And I want to begin by going back to the moment uh, years ago when I was actually on this stage and the very same thing happened to me that just happened with Joel. I was standing right about here and all the elders were up on this platform. It was a Saturday night and uh, much like just happened with Joel, uh, and uh, the elders, you know, went through all of the stuff that they had done with me, just like they did with Joel, and, you know, and they introduced me to the church as the new senior pastor, and And I want you to know it was a really great moment. I know that uh, Joel has a a, a lot of um, emotion going on in his life and in his heart right now. I know his wife does too. I know his his mom and dad do, and his and 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 Sarah's mom and dad do. It's a in a really really exciting time. Uh, I remember Saturday night when the you know, our, our time was over with, I went out into our four-year area and we have a welcome center out there and people came up and shook my hand and prayed for me. And it was just really, really a, an encouraging time. And, and, and Joel, we're going to do that. Whenever this coronavirus thing is over, we're going to have that moment for you because it is, it's special. There, there's, there's nothing else really that can compare to it. And, and I just remember all the people coming and, you know, shaking my hand and they love me and this is exciting. And, and so then, you know, that ended, I don't know, it was about eight o'clock at night on a Saturday night. And there was one man that um, kind of stayed behind and I walked out of that room and he came up to me and he said, you know, uh, Rick, I love you a bunch and you've been a blessing to me and my family or whatever. But I just want you to know, I just think you're way too young to be the the pastor of the church, and I remember just kind of going oh uh, okay you know i didn 't really know how to respond. Uh, he had an opinion, and you know everybody's entitled to have an uh, opinion and but I can remember getting into my car and driving home and going, Wow, and I just had a thousand people hip hip parade me and man you 're great and i 'm excited." But the, I had one guy, you know, and the whole way home, Joel, all I could think about was, was what he had said, and got home, and, and I wondered, maybe he's right. Maybe maybe I am too young. Maybe I am too inexperienced. And of course, then I started to get nervous and, and anxious, and finally it's now Sunday morning like it is now, and... and um, in both our 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. gatherings, the elders did the same thing, and it was really great. And I went out in between both hours, and 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 met people, and they shook my hand. It was really special. It, it's one of those moments I'll, I'll never I'll never forget. Right? But once again, after the nine o'clock hour, I had a, a couple of guys who waited they were together they were friends i knew them and they both said the same thing that the guy on saturday night said and that is rick we love you and we care about you and you've been a blessing to the church but you're too young you're just too inexperienced and we just don't think the elders made a good choice you know think that through they they didn't understand the authority of the elders and they were questioning you know what the elders were doing but anyway so I went home and and once again, on my drive home i'm all I could think about were what those two guys were, were were saying you know, so I get down to church, I get to my new office, if you will, and this is before we had the office complex out on Tully. It was over here where our new ohana island is, and I sat down in my my office, and man, I just I had all these emotions. I was nervous, and I was scared, and I was anxious. And I know, I know that those thoughts are going through Joel's mind and heart. He's nervous. He's human. He's he's anxious. He's human. He's thrilled. He's human. I guarantee you that's going through his, you know, parents and, you know, hearts. and, And it's going through his wife's heart. I mean, there's all these emotions that run through you. Well, it was like Tuesday of that week, Uh, somebody had dropped off a letter to the reception's desk, and uh, the receptionist put it in my box, and I went and got the letter out of my box, and I went back to my office, and I opened it up, and it was a letter signed by an entire home group that basically said the same thing. Rick, we love you. You you know, we think you're great, you've done wonderful things, you know, and all that. But wow, we just all think you're just way too young. I mean, think about that. A whole home group had gotten together, and I guess instead of studying the Word or whatever they were doing, they're all in there talking about how inexperienced I am, and then they felt it necessary to write a letter and send it to me. Well, I, I, I sat down in my chair and was just bummed out. I, I, I was thinking to myself, man, maybe I am too young. Maybe I am too inexperienced. Um, and all these things were running through my mind. So I got up out of my chair. And for those of you that have never been to Big Valley, on our property, there's a canal that runs, oh, you know, through it. It's, you know, right, right out, basically it was right outside my office, if you will. And I got up and went out to the canal bank and, and now I'm walking on the canal bank and I'm, I'm really, really in a sinful place because I was having a pity party. You know, woe is me, you know, <laughs> there, are, there are people out there that, you know, don't like me, you know, there are people out there that think I'm too young, and they think I'm too inexperienced, you know, and now I'm starting to question the elders' decision, you know, did they really hear from God, and, and I'm making my way down this, down the canal bank, and finally got back, it was a long walk, and I remember sitting back down in my office going, God, I gotta hear from you. I, 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 God, please talk to me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm lost. And, and I can guarantee you that's exactly how Joel's feeling. Yeah, he's a smart kid. He's well-educated kid. Grew up in a wonderful environment. Great Christian home. Great Christian mom and dad, man. But he's human. And he's about ready to embark on something he's never done before. Even though we're going to do it together for about 14 months, I guarantee you, he, whew, he's a little nervous and, and scared. And I was cr- crying out to God, God, help me. Please, I, I, would, you, would you speak to me? And I want you to know he did. God spoke to me, not through an audible voice, but I knew he was talking to me in here and I knew he was talking to me here. And um, he basically shared three things with me. And they're the three things that I want to share with, with Pastor Joel right now. And I hope that somehow you, you gain something from this also. Though it's directed at Joel, it's uh, directed at his wife primarily. My prayer is somehow you get something out of it also. And the first thing I heard God say to me was, Rick, don't be afraid. I heard that. Like I said, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was something in here. It was something in here. And the reason why I know it was from God and it was crystal clear is because all throughout his word, all throughout, you know, these two leather bound covers, God says to us, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. In fact, hundreds and hundreds of times, I don't know what the exact number is, I've never counted it, but I know it's well over two, three hundred times God throughout his word says to his people, don't be afraid. And I knew, and I'd read through the scriptures And I know God was reminding me, Rick, don't be afraid. God was saying that to me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And here's the deal, Joel. I don't want you to be afraid. Because God doesn't want you to be afraid, Joel. I want you to hear God's voice through the scriptures. God says, don't be afraid. When those moments come and you get scared and you get nervous and you get anxious and you go, wow, I don't know what to do, I'm I'm, I'm lost, and you're going to have those moments, you're going to have many of those moments, I want to make sure that you hear God telling you, Joel, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And it's not necessarily because you got great parents and, you know, great staff around you and you got great elders surrounding you and you got thousands of people out there that are praying for you. That's all good and well. But it's because God says to you, don't be afraid. God says it to you. Don't be afraid, Joel. Don't be afraid. And by the way, I don't know, you know, who's out there watching, but I want you to put your own name in there. Because God's saying the same thing to you. You may not be the next senior pastor of Big Valley Grace. Maybe you might be someday in the future. I don't know. I don't know what God has for your life. I don't know what God's assignment is for you. I just know God has one for you. And when those moments come, God says, don't be afraid. It could be in the midst of this virus, right? Joel and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. God says, don't be afraid. Every time you turn on the TV, you know, you go to any station, any cable news station, they're always talking about the virus, and it's always bad, and it's crummy, and it's a bummer, and it's easy to be afraid, and God says to you, don't, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, and I want you to realize that's God talking to you, it's God, because he says it in his word over and over again. Now, the second thing, Joel, that I heard God say to me was this. Rick, stay close to me. Just stay close to me. You stay close to me. And by the way, when you stay close to God, you don't really, um, you really got nothing to be afraid of. In fact, when you stay close to God, you tend not to be uh, afraid, you, or you don't get a, a, a afraid as much. I, I, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I had um, a dog, a um, dog. It was a, 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 a oh, you know, the dogs with the long ears. What are those dogs, Joel? Basset Bassett hound, yeah, yeah, yeah. But So I had this basset hound. His name was Gonzo. And my friend, who lived right around the corner, Jeff, had this beautiful black Chesapeake Bay, man. His name was Zebu. And it was just just beautiful, big teeth. His teeth were just huge. And he was, he, he, he was nice to you if you knew him. If you didn't know him, he, you didn't want to really be by him. And one day, Jeff and I decided to go for a, a walk. We took our dogs. We walked down to Graceta Park, and we're out there, you know, having fun. Our dogs are off the leash and they're running around and doing stuff. And Jeff and I were, you know, walking or whatever. And all of a sudden, we heard my dog Gonzo wailing. I mean it was blood curling. It was really scary. And we knew what was happening. We knew a dog was attacking him. And so Jeff and I took off running towards the sound of where Gonzo was. And sure enough, we could see a German shepherd had kind of latched on to the back of his neck. Okay, And, and Gonzo just had no chance. He he, he was outgunned, if you will. And so we're running as fast as we could. His German shepherd's going after him. And out of the corner, you know, of our eye, we see this black, you know, blur. And it was like, whoa. And it was Zebu. Zebu heard his friend, Gonzo, in trouble. And Zebu ran. And like at full speed, just bam, ran right into that German Shepherd. It was, it was crazy. And Zebu began to uh, do to that German Shepherd what the German Shepherd was doing to my dog. And it was quite a sight to see. And when finally the German Shepherd ran off and Zebu's standing there and Gonzo's there, all of a sudden, as we were walking back home, Gonzo never left Zebu's side. He walked right next to him. You see, this dog understood something. My dog understood that as long as I was next to Zebu, I didn't have anything to be afraid of. In fact, what was interesting—it kind of looked like he was puff his chest out, you know, like, "Hey, you know, look at me, man," because he had his buddy Zebu. And when you think about a story like that, Joel. We got lots of, you know. I always say we're fighting demons, you know. Uh, and, and man, there's all kinds of things out there that we can be afraid of. There's all kinds of German shepherds out there, if you will. But we, um, as long as we stay next to Zebu, as long as we stay next to the Lord, as long as we stay close to Him, we got we got nothing to be afraid of. And so, Joel, I want you to hear that. I want you to hear God saying, Joel. Stay close to me. But I also want all of you that are watching right now, I want want you to put your name in there. You see, God doesn't want you to be afraid, but he says, hey, just just stay close to me. I don't know. Maybe it's Lee, Lee Anderson. I know you're watching right now. Lee, Lee, stay close to me, God says. Maybe it's Gordon. Hey, hey, Gordon, Gordon Agrella, my buddy who sits right down here in the front row on Saturday nights. God says, hey, stay stay close to, to me. Maybe you're, maybe you're my friend, Kevin, who sits right back over here on Saturday nights. Hey, Kevin, Kevin, stay, stay close to me. Maybe you're my son, you're Cade, you're watching right now. Hey, Cade, God says, stay, stay close to me. You see, God doesn't want any of us to be afraid. Joel, God doesn't want you to be afraid, but he does stay say, Say, stay close to me. And how do you do that? How do you stay close to God? Well, you stay close to Him when you read His Word. You stay close to Him when you when you uh, meditate on His Word. You stay close to God when you actually do what His Word says. You stay close to Him by spending time with Him in prayer. You stay close to Him by spending time with other believers. And I know that that's a difficult thing to do right now, but I want you to know something. All of us need that. We need to be able to spend time with other believers. We have to do it. Now, I realize with the coronavirus thing going on, it's hard to do that in person. But you can pick up your phones, and you can talk to one another. You can FaceTime one another. There are ways for us to stay connected. You can Zoom other people where you can talk with him and laugh with them and cry with them and you can pray for them and they can pray for you and you can ask how their families are doing and they can ask how your families are doing. One of the ways to stay close to him is when you, when you just spend time with other be- believers. And the third thing, and this is where I wanna spend maybe the, the bulk of my time here. Third thing I heard God say to me, and I, I think this was the, the weightiest one was God said, Rick, I want you to be an example. I want you to be an example. And Joel, I want you to hear that from God too. God says, Joel, I I want you to be an example. Maybe you're watching out there, and, 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 and I'm just telling you, listen, listen, God wants you to be an example I want everybody to look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, okay? You've had your finger in there. I remember God bringing this passage to mind, Joel. I remember sitting in my office, and I remember God bringing this passage that I had memorized, that I had looked at many, many times Uh, taught it to youth, you know, for for years, he brought this passage to my mind and I knew it was God talking to me. And I want you to understand that this is God talking to you out there. God says this, and and, and maybe let, let me set it up for a moment. So you have this man named Paul and he's writing a letter to a young preacher named Timothy. Timothy was probably about 30 years old, and Timothy was the pastor of a church. Okay, he was the, he was the senior pastor of, of a church. And somehow we think that Timothy had written Paul a letter, and Timothy was asking Paul a number of questions. And then finally, Paul responds to Timothy with these two letters, okay, these letters called First and 2 Timothy. And the reason why we think that Timothy wrote these letters to Paul and asked him questions is because Paul answers a number of questions. And we, we think that probably Timothy was making comments and asking Paul some things, and so Paul's saying in this letter back, hey, here's how you handle these things. And one of the things that Timothy asked Paul was, hey, I'm the new senior pastor, but there's a whole bunch of people out there who think I'm too young. They they think I'm inexperienced. I I, I don't have gray hair. And, And so Paul responds with this in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Paul says, Timothy, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, you show yourself an example of those who believe. There's another version that puts it this way, and I really like this. Timothy, Joel, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all the believers in what you say and the way you live in your love, your faith, and your purity. In this one little verse, Joel, Paul shares five things. There were five things as I sat in my office a long, long time ago, Joel, and I was wrestling around with what a few people were saying, that I was too young, I was too inexperienced, whatever. God was saying to me, Rick, don't you be afraid. You stay close to me. I want you to be an example. And God's saying the same thing to you, Joel. Don't you be afraid. You stay close to me, and you be an example. And I just want to quickly walk through these five things that Paul mentions. The first thing he says is be an example in in what you say. Be an example in your speech. Be an example in how you talk. Be an example of what you talk about. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter four, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those that hear them. In Colossians, Paul says, let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt. Wow, isn't that good? In Proverbs, it says, the words of the godly encourage many and man, isn't that true? Isn't it true that somebody who's godly when they come to you or they they say something to you in person or they send you an email or a text or whatever, wow, it can be such an encouraging moment. And by the way, Joel was telling me that last night he got a whole bunch of really Great emails and great texts from a lot of people in our church, hip, hip, hooraying him. The, they, were, they were godly people who used their tongues to be an encouragement to him. I haven't shared this with him, but I, I obviously received a whole bunch of texts and, and emails and you know phone calls last night. And wow, Joel, I just want you to know, there, there are people out there that are just really, really excited for you They see the hand of God on your life. And I have the feeling that today, Joel, you're going to get a whole lot more of these. In in Job chapter 19, Job makes this statement. How long will you torment me and crush me with words? You see, our tongue can be used to encourage people or it can also be used to crush people. And you get to make the choice on how you use your tongue. You can use it in a way where you are a blessing and an encouragement. You can use it in a way where you just crush people. And by the way, you know, you can type something out in an email or a text and send it and also be encouraging. That's another way that we can speak. Paul says, be an example in what you say. Joel, I want you to be an example of what comes out of your mouth. People may think you're young. I don't know. People may think you're too tall. You're too short. Your hair grows too fast. I don't know. They don't like your glasses. I don't know what they're going to say. You just make sure you're an example in in what comes out of your mouth. And by the way, isn't that good advice for all of us? Whether you're young or old, all of us ought to be an example in what comes out of our mouths. The second thing that Paul says is be an example in the way you live. This has to do with your conduct, Joel. This has to do with righteous living or, or holy living. Peter said this, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I'm holy. And basically what God is saying here is this, is that if you know him, and Joel, I know you know the Lord, you, you love the Lord, you're, you're a part of his family, you're one of his kids, he's holy, and you're a part of his family, And because he's holy, God says, I want you to be holy. That's one of the the characteristics of being a a part of God's family. He's holy, and so he wants us to be holy. Or he wants us to to live a a God-honoring life. In fact, Peter's going to go on, and he's going to say this. He says, live such godly lives or good lives among the pagans, unbelievers, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. God expects us to interface with people. God expects us to interface with lost people. And he says, hey, look, I'm holy, you be holy. Live such a, a good life that somehow they see that there's something different about you. I think Paul really sums it up in this little phrase, keep a close watch on how you live. Wow. That's good advice for Joel. That's good advice for his parents. That's good advice for his wife's parents. That's good advice for all of us, isn't it? We just ought to keep a close Watch and how we live, whether we're young. You, you could be a, a, a junior hire out there right now. You could be a, a high school kid, a college kid. You, you could be a part of our prime time. That right there is something we all need to pay attention to. We all need to be an example in the way that we live our lives. Joel, I want you to make sure that you're an example in the way you live your life. And that's not coming from me, brother. That's coming from the Lord. N- number three, Paul says, be an example in the way you love. In the way you love. Hey, look, some people may think you're old, brother. Some people may think you're young, brother. It doesn't matter. Here's a deal. You just be an example in the way you love. And this is self-sacrificial love in terms of you know, serving other people. A young man came to Jesus one day and said, Jesus, if you were to take all of the commandments, you know, that were written in the Old Testament, and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of commandments, not just the big 10 that we all know. If you were to take all the commandments and you were to boil them down into one commandment, just what's the greatest of all the commandments, Jesus without hesitation said, the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But then he said let me tell you what number 2 is. Cuz number 2 is equally important. Number 2 is is that you love others, Joel. You treat others. You care about others the way you love yourself. The way you treat yourself. The way you care about yourself. You see when God says the greatest second commandment is to love others. He's not talking about, you know, standing in front of a mirror and saying, oh, I love me, I love me. It's not about navel-gazing. He's talking about the fact that we all love each other to, we love ourselves to the degree that we take care of our, our needs. Joel, this morning you got up, and I don't know, you had some cereal, or you, you made some scrambled eggs, or or you ate a bagel. We we all loved ourselves so much this morning that when we got up, we took care of a need we had, and that was we ate. We ate some food. And God says, that's great. You gotta make sure you do that. Joel, you make sure you take care of you. You make sure you love yourself that way. But it can't stop there. You have to care about others. Do you care about others and whether they have food to eat today? You see, that's what he's talking about there. And Paul says, you be an example in the way you love others, in the way you take care of others, the way you serve serve others. And that's what I want you to hear God saying to you, regardless of what people say. God's saying to you, Joel, you be an example in the way you love and care about other people. Number four, four, or the fourth thing that Paul said was, um, be an example in your faith, Joel. This is your commitment to God. This is your your faithfulness to God. 1 Corinthians says this, moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. And so here we have the great apostle writing to a young man named Timothy, and he says, hey, listen, people may think you're too young. It doesn't matter what they think. You be an example in these areas, and one of them is just your faithfulness, your faithfulness, your faithfulness. And there is a difference, beloved, between being faithful and being fruitful. You can be both. You can be faithful and fruitful. I think we, especially here in America, we put a high premium on fruitfulness. Man, we look at somebody's ministry and, you know, tens and, you know, hundreds and thousands of people come to faith in Christ. You see all this fruit in their ministry. And that's a good thing. And we want to be fruitful. I want you to be fruitful, Joel. God, I think, wants you to be fruitful. But God cares way more about your faithfulness that's what he cares about. The fruitfulness you leave up to, up to the Lord. I know a lot of great missionaries, missionaries that served the Lord faithfully for decades, brother. I mean, decades after decades, after decades. And there wasn't much fruit. Not a lot of people came to faith in Christ, but they were faithful. And books were written about him and they've inspired people like me and you. And that's what our brother Paul is saying. You be an example in your faithfulness. And number five, last but not least, Paul says, be an example in your purity. And he's especially talking about your sexual purity. Paul's saying basically live a moral and clean life, a a just and an honest life. And so, Joel, I I want you to hear God saying this to you. Joel, be an example in your purity. And so here we have these five things, right? Paul says, don't let anyone look, you know, think less of you because you're young, but be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live and your love, your faith and your purity. In other words, Paul is saying, Timothy, if you live these five things out in your life, they'll offset the fact that you're young. And I actually long time ago, bro, I heard God saying that to me. God brought back to my memory that passage. And you know what? That handful of people, you know, maybe they were right. I was young. And maybe there are people who might think that about you. I don't know, Joel. I know you're younger than I was when I took over. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter. The, the elders of our church prayed and prayed and prayed and did their due diligence and a decision was made. And so don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Instead, you, you be somebody who's an example to everybody in these five areas. That's what God asked me to do, and that's what God is asking you to do. And by the way, those are five things that all of us, whether you're a young preacher or not, those are five things all of us ought to be concerned with. We all ought to be examples in those areas of our lives. In fact, I'm going to do this, and I don't know whether it worked last night or not, but I'm going to ask Joel to stand up. He's sitting somewhere up there, and I know he's up there. Um, and I want, I want, Joel, I want you to say these five things out loud. And maybe you're home and it'll seem weird. Maybe you're all by yourself looking at your computer. I don't know. Maybe it'll seem weird. But I'm going to ask you even at home or in your apartment or whatever to say these five things out loud. And, Joel, I want you to say them out loud from up there on the balcony. Number one, be an example of what you say. Number two, be an example in the way you live. live. Number three, be an example in the way you love. love. Number four, be an example in your faith. faith. And number five, be be an example in your purity. Now, I don't know whether you could hear that or not. Obviously, I couldn't hear you at home. But I'm telling you, those are things that God impressed upon my heart years ago. Those are things that I would ask that you would be praying for, Joel. You want to pray for five specific things? Why don't you pray this way for your new you know, senior pastor? Would you do that? Would you keep praying for me in that way? Would you keep praying for the rest of the staff? Why don't you pray that for the elders of the church? Maybe you'll pray that for your family. Pray that for your teenage son, teenage daughter. Maybe you teenagers out there need to pray that for your father. That'd be a great, great prayer. So I just want to end with this. Joel, these are the three things I want you to hear from God. They were what I heard. Joel, don't be afraid. Number two, Joel, stay close to me. And number three, Joel, be an example. I hope somehow this was a blessing to, to my friend up there, but I hope it was also a blessing to the thousands of you that were out there. Don't forget, this Wednesday, we're going to have another Bible study, and Joel and I are going to um, uh, you know, do the Bible study on, on Wednesday together at 7 o'clock. You're going to be hearing from Joel next week, and he's going to preach. And it's uh, Palm Weekend. We're getting close to Easter. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great, great weekend next weekend. So again, I want to put it on your calendar, Lord willing, Saturday night at 6, Sunday morning at, at 10 a.m. I'm going to pray, and then Bobby's going to come and give you one last announcement or two, okay? Father, thank you for your goodness. You're good, you're good, you're good. Even in the midst of all this craziness, you're good. Again, I'm thankful for all of the elders and their hard work, for Ryan and Steve Landis and Mark and John McKelvey. Wow, good men who just spent oodles of time, energy, effort, money. Lord, and I know, I know we found your will. I know we did. I have no doubt about it. And I pray God's blessings upon Joel. I pray, Lord, that somehow today's message was not just a blessing to Joel, but to all of us who are watching. And I pray this in your name and all of God's people said, amen.
1: Amen. Well, church family, thank you for joining us live this morning. And just a few reminders. uh, If you'd take some time to fill out the online connect card, that's a way where you can be sharing your prayer requests with us. Know that our staff continues to be praying for these things, uh, especially if you've lost a job. Uh, we just ask that you would share that with us. Pastor Rick specifically has asked for those to be shared so we can be praying for, uh, for all of you uh, this upcoming week. Also want to thank you for the response to uh, the Senior Go Bags. We asked you for some items last week and the response was super encouraging. We got lots and lots of items that we're now going to be able to distribute. So if you are a senior or you are someone that is in specific need, of some items, uh, grocery items, please let us know. Let uh, Call us at the church because uh, we would be glad to be able to help uh, meet that need also want to share with you that we're going to be launching some new online small groups. Uh, new for Big Valley Grace, this is going to be a six-week uh, season starting after Easter. And if you're interested in either joining an online small group or hosting an online small group, we would ask that you go to our website, bvg.org slash online life groups today, and you can begin t- uh, to sign up for that Uh that opportunity it's a great way to be uh, connected in this uh, really strange world that we're in uh, right now and so i want to encourage you to be connected in one of those online life groups last but not least as pastor rick said uh, bible study wednesday at 7 p.m ask that you join us for that and then next weekend we'll be back here live saturday at 6 p.m and sunday at 10 a.m and next weekend we're going to be participating in communion together and so I wanna remind you to have some bread and some juice prepared for you and whoever is a part of your watch party, your family, friends, whoever that you're with for this moment, we'll be doing communion next weekend. So that's it. Know that we're praying for you. We love you. And we just hope that you have a great week in the Lord.